running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I just we can't wait to get to the game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate on a Monday, JT with you. Big week ahead on Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. as we continue to monitor what the Raiders are doing, interviews for the GM, the situation at head coach, and the direction that the Silver and Black are going in throughout this quick, very quick offseason that just started, but a lot I think is going to go down this week. Welcome in. We're brought to you by PT's Taverns, best place for happy hour in town, food, drinks, it's fantastic. You can go and watch the Golden Knights play, where there's a lot of watch parties and a lot of fans love to go there for rewards, true rewards, the point challenge, the food, the drinks, and 5 to 7, midnight to 2. The best happy hour in town. PT's fuels the monologue as I begin the show here on a Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. The weather was fabulous. The football was incredible. So we've all been involved in this, especially on the flagship of the Raiders. The last regular season game, Raiders beating the Chargers. Many consider that one of the greatest regular season games ever played. All-timer, like Mount Rushmore type stuff. I don't think you can argue it. And the reason was because what was at stake? What was at stake was that it was an elimination game or quite possibly an opportunity for a tie scenario that would have knocked Pittsburgh out of the playoffs. I didn't take that too seriously the week leading up to it, but I did take it pretty seriously with about 30 seconds to go in that game, and then the Raiders kicked the game-winning field goal to move on to the playoffs. So we just had something epic, and for those of us who were in the building at Allegiant Stadium to be there and see that close up, it was magical. It was fantastic. It was all time. You see, in sports radio, I've been doing this 25 years, every generation believes their sports were better. And that'll never change. I got young kids now. They are living now through this past weekend with that Kansas City-Buffalo game. And I was talking to one of my sons last night, and he said, Dad, that was the greatest football game I've ever seen. Well, I'm his dad. I'm not going to squash that. I'm not going to say no, it isn't. Let me go back. I was at wide right. Buffalo Bills losing to the Giants. I'm not going to ruin that for you or any generation. We all have our ability. Most times in the NBA – More people tell me the greatest era in the NBA was the mid-80s with Magic vs. Bird. Then you get people that come in and say, well, Michael Jordan. Well, what about Kobe and Shaq? And people debate that over the decades of what was the best and when was the best sports played at what era. Well, I don't think you can argue anymore about the NFL. The NFL with all the problems that we talk about, and they got a lot of problems in the NFL. We're going to be talking more about this Gruden email situation from the Washington football team. The Rooney rule. There's only one black head coach. There are issues in this league that are concerning. But the product on the field is the greatest it's ever been. No debate. You cannot go back in any era and say that the 72 Dolphins or the Lombardi Packers or the Cowboys with the triplets could compete athletically with what we're seeing now. I mean, you imagine what Tyreek Hill would have did if he was playing in this sport 30 years ago, and they were great players. Athletic, just as athletic, but the game has evolved to a point where it's always a shootout. 
it's elaborate. The schemes are crazy. The analytics are going for it on fourth down compared to generations past. So the product, I don't think, has ever been better. And we witnessed that this weekend with all of these games ending in walk-offs. I mean, the one game I wasn't interested in was the first game, Tennessee and Cincinnati. Raiders lost to Cincinnati. Hey, Raider Nation, didn't you all believe you deserved to be in that game? Didn't you want that matchup? Didn't you dream of the Raiders traveling to Nashville to take on the Titans in a game like that? Wouldn't you have taken a puncher's chance in that game? I mean, the draw set up beautifully for the Raiders. They could have ended up playing Tennessee and knocking them out. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. I get it. They didn't. They didn't win a playoff game. But Tennessee didn't win a playoff game either. And neither did the Green Bay Packers, which I'll get to momentarily. So what I'd like to do here, again, as we wait for the Raider news about what they're going to do here, and hopefully there's some movement this week, we're going to now evolve more into a football show where we're going to be talking about other cities and other teams on top of the Raider news here because I can't do two hours a day waiting for a Raider GM. I just, I physically and mentally can't do it. Nor do you want to hear me do that because it would be, it'd just be repeating nothing. We have no idea what to do. So I'm not going to speculate about Gerard Mayo or what could happen here. But I'll try to tie everything back into the Raiders as the league gets ready for the Super Bowl and the conference championship games. And fortunately, the Raiders are going to be in the news cycle because there's just a lot of breaking news upcoming. Ian Rappaport earlier today with the Raiders week ahead of us as still the GM and the decisions eventually about the head coach. Gerard Mayo is flying down to Las Vegas today in an interview with the Las Vegas Raiders for the head coaching job tomorrow. Remember, this was the first request they ended up putting in, perhaps an indication of how strongly they feel about him. They also spent a lot of time over the weekend interviewing Dave Ziegler, the de facto general manager with the New England Patriots. So if they do end up making a move on Dave Ziegler, uh, bringing in someone like Mayo would make sense. Perhaps Josh McDaniels would make sense uh, as well. Certainly a lot of different options for the Raiders to consider. Also likely have a GM interview with Ed Dodds from the Colts later this week. Uh, But Gerard Mayo, who impressed with the Denver Broncos, he gets the first crack uh, at potentially getting the Raiders head coaching job. There's a couple of things there, courtesy of NFL Network, that's really unique. Ian Rappaport doesn't know, and he's a really connected guy. So I think Ian Rappaport just told you in that soundbite that the Raiders can go down the direction of the Patriots. So if they do get Ziegler, the GM, Ziegler might like Mayo more than Josh McDaniels or more than Rich Passaccia. We don't know. But if they go down the New England route and they get the New England GM, to come here, the New England GM is probably only coming if he has a voice in the head coach, obviously. And we don't know who he likes better. Does he like Josh McDaniels with Derek Carr, or does he want a new defense philosophy with Mayo? Mayo doesn't have any experience, I think, as a head coach, but as you heard what Ian Rappaport said, which was very interesting, and everybody's saying he's interviewing well. You never heard that about Eric Bieniemy. No one's ever once said one time Eric, Eric Bieniemy interviewed well. That's really been this big conspiracy theory about Eric Bieniemy, that he's a good coach. Look what just happened in that win against the Bills. Look at his play calling, what happened with 13 seconds. Byron Leftwich, whoever it is. But you are hearing leaked out that Gerard Mayo is a really good interview. And that's interesting to me because if he ends up being considered for the head coach, then he's going to bring in a completely new defensive staff, you would assume. Would some Raider coaches stay on the defensive side? I don't know. Maybe some would, but 
I, I, I'm, I'm on board with Gus, and Gus just got a new deal. So you're going to keep the offensive coaches, the defensive coaches, some. We don't know. We just know that a new general manager is going to have a big voice in all of that and want to come in with a 50-50 relationship with the coach he brings in. So that's, that's something that I wanted to open up the show with before we got to all these games. And again, you're invited to call whenever you want. You call now, I get you up before the monologue. You call later, I get you up. You know how I run the show. I run it fast, I run it interactive, and we don't mess around. It's not about cupcakes and movies and what you do all weekend long. There's a sports show in a big sports town that's becoming more and more important in the eyes of the rest of the country with the Pro Bowl coming here, the Super Bowl coming here, and the Raiders being in the news and the Raiders being a playoff team that hasn't had a sub-500 season here, but we're no longer about just making the playoffs. The Raiders are about winning playoff games, which leads me to the focus of my monologue brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. What type of radio do you want to listen to and what do you want to do? You want sugar-coated radio or do you want good radio with a lot of knowledge and a lot of information? There are times that I can't win. Because if I say something positive about the Raiders, there might be a troll or two that slips into my DM saying, you're a homer for the team. All right, I'm used to that. 23 years with the team. I'm used to the criticism that I want the Raiders to do well. That's not a bad place to be if you're me. I want the Raiders to do well. I have access in the building. I know the players and coaches, but I want them to do well. You're right. I want them to do better than the Chargers in Denver, Kansas City. Crucify me for that. Okay, so that's it there. Number two, there are times here where I have to respect the process and everybody who's under contract. I think you're, um, you're understanding that if you've been listening to me for 20 years or 20 minutes, that if there's a current head coach, I'm not going to get in the way of that head coach. If there's a current quarterback, I'm not going to go after his money. I'm not going to say that Derek Carr doesn't deserve a contract or money because we have to all interact together on the flagship. We're different than the other channels here in town. We're a partner with the Raiders. We work with the Raiders to bring you this content and to build up this station with advertisers, revenue. You all understand this, right? It's a business. And the business model calls for a level of respect. So that's where I sit in this seat. And I never thought the seat was too big. I'm just a fan behind the microphone. But now it's getting very interesting. Because there's a lot of complicated decisions that are going down in Henderson today. A lot of comprehensive conversations about the direction of the team. I'm very interested in that for obvious reasons, but I think Raider fans can get this. You're considered by some to be the most notorious fans in all of football, whatever that means. Black Hole is notorious because the brand of the Black Hole resonates around the world. And I think Raider fans, even though you get a bum rap by some fans who think, oh, you're violent in L.A., you're intimidating and all this, I know a lot of people around football think the Raider fans are great because they're passionate and they stick by the team. So that being said, we got a couple of tough decisions to make here on the radio when it comes to a content perspective about what direction you think the team should go in. And that will be the quarterback, the GM, and the head coach. I include the quarterback in this conversation because of what I saw yesterday on television. Never has the topic of Derek Carr's relevance in this organization and in the league been as important since yesterday at about 3 o'clock Pacific time until right now. Now the conversation must evolve on Derek Carr. And we all have to be honest about the future of Derek Carr with the Raiders 
being that I think most people, including myself, the majority of people think that Derek Carr can win. You can win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr, that famous T-shirt, Derek's not the problem. All of that combined is very accurate. But when you saw the play of the quarterbacks yesterday, you realize that that is a level of elite, a level of elite that the Raiders don't have currently. And that's a concern to me because the Raiders now have to compete in the AFC, in the AFC West, and it's getting very alarming how good the content of the quarterbacks are in this bubble. They are damn good. They are elite. They are great. The final quarter between Buffalo and Kansas City arguably was the greatest football I've ever seen played at an offensive level, period. Ever done offensively, that quarter should go down. They should send that tape to the Hall of Fame and just run it on a reel when you walk into Canton, Ohio. That is the way football should be played at an offensive level. The problem is the defense was so poor that if you look at it and you're a football lifer, you go, hey, you know, kind of tap the brakes, JT. You see that defense of Buffalo? That was the definition of a prevent defense. That is the new example in the history of sports of playing prevent defense. Thank you, Buffalo Bills, my Super Bowl pick to win the Super Bowl. And they had the lead with 13 seconds to go in that game. So with all that being said, now we got to really roll up our sleeves and say this. How in God's name are you going to be able to beat Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and potentially Aaron Rodgers, who's a big topic today for me on Aaron Rodgers. Big. I mean big, big. So the AFC is getting to the point now where if your quarterback isn't playing great, which Derek can do. Derek can play games where he's great. There's no doubt about that. But if your quarterback isn't elite, super elite, how are you going to win in the AFC going through Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert? Yeah, I initially thought, man, look, all you got to do, we got a big problem here in Vegas. We got to go through Kansas City. That is damn hard. They just annihilated the Raiders this year. They annihilated the Raiders in both games where I thought the Raiders were making progress after winning last year in Kansas City in probably their signature win last year, winning at Arrowhead. They come back this year with a better team, a 10-win team, but they made no grounds on Kansas City. Kansas City extended their ability to dominate the Raiders. So we got to deal with that. Then we just saw Josh Allen in the AFC and we looked at him, and he could be better than Mahomes. He really could. He's that good. You can say that Josh Allen is better than Dan Marino already. Better than Dan Marino. And then you can compare him to Favre, Aaron Rodgers. You can go anywhere, and he's just starting. He just got his contract. He's going nowhere. And then there's Joe Burrow, who beat the Raiders twice this year. And that might be the coolest guy in the league since Joe Montana. I mean, you just want to talk about a guy with sunglasses on and a cigar and a swagger in front of his locker when he wins. I mean, that guy's got it all. And we're going to have to deal with that guy for a while. And then Justin Herbert, who I believe, just from my own eyesight and being there for two of his games, might be better than all of them. And I can't believe I just said that, but it could be. I thought he was the best quarterback I saw live two years ago. And I saw, you know, in the Raider game, here that the Raiders won, he was pretty good. <laughs> if you saw the last five minutes of that game in their comeback. So all of this is shaping my mind. All of this is shaping my opinions as we get ready for this Raider offseason. 
where all of a sudden I'm like, man, maybe you got to relook at the defense again. Maybe you got to look at the de- – maybe that's why Gerard Mayo's having an interview. Maybe someone in the room with Mark Davis is saying, whoa, you see what's going on with the rest of the AFC? How are we going to stop this? Or other people are saying, what are the options going forward with the quarterback, the offense? Because I don't think, and I know all of you don't want to take a step back. No one wants to take a step back and then be better again. But that's what the Raider organization is trying to do. They're trying to reorg the organization, top to bottom, reorganize it under Mark Davis, so it's sustainable in this unbelievable playground of sports, the greatest arena on earth. And they want to find a way to take this team and evolve it so they can go on a long run with Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and the rest of the league. Does that make sense to you? It made a lot of sense to me after watching Buffalo and Kansas City. Currently, the Raiders can't do that. They just can't do what was done yesterday. You know it. I just said it. But they can put together a formula potentially to do that. And that formula is like going into a lab. That formula is something that's going to take a lot of work, really tough decisions, and some of them are going to be uncomfortable. So that's where I stand on all this. My mind has been blown. My mind yesterday in that Buffalo-Kansas City game I, you know, you always hear the term, I've seen it all. No, 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 no. We never seen it all. We never saw that game. That game was electric. That game is everything you want your football team to be. Pick a team, Kansas City or Buffalo, whoever you want. Pick the team. You want your team to be that team. And it's going to take work. And I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it, but it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of work, and some bold decisions. Bold decisions that fans don't like, man. I walk through the Black Hole parking lot, Jay Lott, and I walk and I talk to a lot of people. Right? That's what I do. That's how I prep. I talk to people. And a lot of people are, you know, they don't like change. The stock market's getting destroyed today. Interest rates are going up. We're in the middle of a pandemic. No end in sight. A lot of people don't like change. Only the bold and the visionaries like change. Elon Musk, all people that in business, big business, they'll change even though they're going well, right? That's an evolution. The greatest of the greats evolve while they're great. They don't stand back. My old program director and my mentor, Andrew Ashwood, always told me that. Every year, right around the new year, we'd have beers, and he'd go, you did a great job on the radio last year. I need you to evolve. What do you mean? you got to get better. If you don't get better, people are going to say you're not evolving. And that's always been in the back of my mind before he passed away. I put it in my book, The Handoff. Evolve. Get better. Try different things. Be bolder. Add a podcast. Add a local show. Do a national show. Do something. Because if you just stand still, people are going to pass you by. Well, that's the focus of this monologue. The Raiders can no longer stand still. Nor do I believe they are. I believe that they're making decisions now that are really important. They're taking their time. They're looking at everything, and they're saying, what do we need to do? While I, along with you fans, are looking at the games that were played on Sunday and said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What was that? How are we going to beat that? Well, you're going to beat that. If, if you only go four wide, 
You don't hand it into a pile on second and nine and just hand the ball up the middle for, for a yard. You have to be bold. You have to embrace the shootout. As JT and the Brick said, who's the guy in town with those T-shirts? I've been waiting on them. JT, embrace the shootout. I've been telling you that since I've been on Raider Nation Radio, since we launched this in Vegas. It's 2022. You better embrace the shootout because Mahomes is giggling with 13 seconds to go on his own 25 going, I'm the Grim Reaper. I got this all figured out. Get out of my way. And he just goes boom, boom, field goal, game tied. Oh, Josh Allen, you lose the coin toss? You might as well go to the locker room now, shower, and get ready for your interview. I'm going to go the length of the field and beat your ass. And he did. So that's the monologue. We're ready to roll. Big week here. Want to get your opinion on what we saw yesterday, and we'll get into all, all of the Raider potential news. Most of it now is just gossip. I don't want to be a gossip pound. We have TMZ, TMZ Sports for that, and they do a really good job at that. If, you're, if you want to jump in this week and get ahead of the GM hiring or what's going to happen, please do. That's why you're here. You're here because you're great fans, you're knowledgeable fans, and you should have an opinion exactly on what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next? What direction would you like to go into as a PSL holder, a season ticket holder, someone who's put your life into the Raiders? What do you want to do? But I'll tell you one thing. You better be bold because I don't need you on this show if you're not. We don't do vanilla radio. We can sit here and wait, wait, wait. And whatever decision happens, we're all going to get behind it. I mean, we're all going to get behind this new GM and the decisions that we make. Every Raider fan is hungry to get behind this new gentleman who's going to have that job. But we all have to be a little bit bolder after what we watched on Sunday. Because Sunday was incredible. I didn't get to Matt Stafford. I can tie that into the Raiders, too. You want me to do that very quickly? I'll quickly do it. They don't care about draft picks. They want stars. They don't, want, they don't care about draft picks. They want stars. They don't want Alex Leatherwood with the 17th pick. They have no interest in that. They want Von Miller. They want Odell Beckham Jr. They want to go out and get those players. They're in it to win it now. They are bold. The Rams. Now, it could come back to haunt them when all these contracts come due, and you know they're going to have to release some players. But right now, everybody in L.A. is excited to talk about the Rams. And look at the Niners up north. you got to be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! I gotta deal with the Niners? The Niners now are looking to take over SoFi. They got players and alumni saying, sell us the tickets, we'll buy them because they want the faithful to go. So they're alive when they should have got beat by Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and Aaron Rodgers, I got a lot to say on him. A lot to say on Aaron Rodgers. And uh, it's not bad. I think he's great. I think he's in play. I think he's in play, and the Raiders are playing chess now. Because if he ends up in Denver, if he ends up in Denver, whoa, if he ends up in Denver, and it's Herbert, and it's Aaron Rodgers, and it's Patrick Mahomes, oh, Lord have mercy on that one. So now there might be a game called blockade. Blockade. How do you block the move? What do you do? To block the move. 702-365-9200. Vegas area code. 365-9200. Get on the radio. Sound off like you got a pair. Nick in Long Island, where I was born and raised. Hello, Nick. JT, what's up, man? How are you? 
I'm doing well. Thanks. Long time. Uh, it's been a great season. Thanks again for getting us through. It was a fun um, did he talk about, you know, John, Pat Mahomes, he's, he's, even though they're both in the league right now, I don't want to say they're once in a lifetime because obviously the, there's more than one of them at the same time. So, But Joe Burrow, first overall pick. We're not looking to get to bottom out to get a first overall pick. We're not going to get one of these quarterbacks in the draft probably. We saw last year what happens. Like you said, stop running the ball to piles. Let Derek Carr air it out. We need another weapon for him. We went and hung 40 on Kansas City last year in Arrowhead. We know it's there. We know we can do it. Now, to compete with these teams, the one thing we need to do, uh, you, you look at, you're watching these games last night, you're saying, that's what I want to be. I want my teams to be like that. I, I disagree. I'm going to go back about a decade ago. There was a team in San Francisco around 2011, 2012, 2013. This is right when Al Davis passed. We hired Reggie McKenzie. And I used to watch those San Francisco teams and be like, that's what I want the Raiders to be. And they had this head coach. His name's Jim Harbaugh. And by the end, when Dennis Allen got fired, we had Sperano. There was rumors we were getting Harbaugh back then. I never wanted anything more in my life. And now it's available. There's rumors out there. That's what I want. You bring that guy in, and we'll punch all these teams right in their mouth. We'll go there. We'll score 30 a game, and nobody's going to beat us. That's what we need to do. We need to do everything right now to get Jim Harbaugh. The rumors are out there. He wants the job. We need to make this happen. I don't know how. I don't know what the money is. I don't know what it is. They need to get Jim Harbaugh. That, that needs to be the plan. Appreciate the call. Yep, appreciate the call. Look, a lot of people have opinions on the head coach situation and what's happening with Jim Harbaugh, which has been deathly silent, deathly silent from even even insiders in Ann Arbor who are covering Michigan as he's making some hires, and he is out on the recruiting chain train, but a lot of people think he is available. The other big breaking news story today is Sean Payton, who might be the best coach in the entire league. There are many people that believe Sean Payton is the best coach in all of football. Many who think that. Uh, you know, but Belichick, Belichick has that title. He'll have it all time. But other people think that Sean Payton is right there. And what happens if he becomes available? Is he going to take a step back, go into TV? Reports are a TV deal, and the New Orleans media is blowing up today because the ownership doesn't even know what he's doing there. All right, that's the monologue. Appreciate everybody listening as we started off. And again, you should be dialing this show with your opinions. I just gave you 25 minutes of my opinions. Let's hear what you have to say. And it should be about what we saw Sunday. And then we'll look at Twitter, and we'll wait to see what the Raiders do. And we'll hear more and more about these interviews and who's getting closer. But they are really taking their time wanting to get this right, which I believe is the right move. JT with you, Raider Nation Radio on a Monday. Allen pump faking. Now he'll fire left side, wide open in the end zone, touchdown Buffalo at a minute 54 to go. The Chiefs blow coverage, Gabriel Davis on a 27-yard catch. It was incredible. That's Bills radio to see how that Bills-Kansas City game lined up and what happened. Davis had four touchdowns. That's a playoff record. And Buffalo was going to be the team that everybody was talking about today with 13 seconds to go. Then they didn't squib kick it. And I did, I did my show last night, Sunday night, and that was a big topic. And let me just tell you what I think about the potential to squib kick or not. There was 13 seconds on the clock. You've got to get the ball on the ground at some point. 
So they have to field it and use three or four seconds. Now, the downside on the squib kick is a lot of kickers, they're not good enough of dropping the ball over the first wall, the first wall of players there, because there wasn't going to be no onside kick. Clearly, Buffalo had the lead. So they're either going to punt, kick it in the end zone or they're going to kick it short. Now, if they kicked it on the ground hard, a squib kick, and the first wall of Kansas City special teams players catch it and fall on the ball, they could have fell on the ball at the 35-yard line. Forget about the 25-yard line where they started. The squib kick's got to get back so the clock starts. And then you take into effect Kansas City. The, the really big debate topic would be if Kansas City fielded the kickoff, would they have instantly took a knee? Yes, because they have Mahomes. They don't want someone taking the kickoff and running nine seconds you know, to the 35, 40-yard line, and then Mahomes would just have one shot at a Hail Mary or one shot to get in field goal range. So what they did, they were going to field the kick and go right down. And would that have been behind the 25? Would it have been in front of the 25? We don't know. We don't know. You could speculate that forever. But it shouldn't matter. The Raider Nation should know this better than anybody. You can't guard Travis Kelsey if you don't put your hands on him. They didn't put their hands on him. They let Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey catch two balls. Tyreek Hill caught a little drop-off screen for 19 yards. No one was near him. Nobody. How does that happen? Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator, and Sean McDermott, a defensive coach, they're blowing timeouts and they can't even defend it. I mean, a 14-year-old boy in the upper deck at Arrowhead could have said in Sean McDermott's ear, you better double-team Tyreek Hill. He's going to get the ball on a screen. They're trying to get some chunk yards from him. They get chunk yards, and then they run a play. I mean, this is incredible what they were able to do. First off, let's get the Mahomes to Hill here as we get going here down the stretches. This is a big play in this game. Here it is. Mahomes over the middle. Cut Tyreek Hill at the 45. Angling right 40. 35. Gina. 25. 20. 15. 10. 5. Touchdown. Kansas City. A 64-yard touchdown. Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. 64 yards. 64 yards. That give them the lead. And as we know, Buffalo comes back. Buffalo's able to come back and score. So here's the field goal that tied it at the end of the fourth quarter and gave them overtime. To try to tie it at three seconds to go in the game in regulation. Placement down, the snap was a little low, but Butker gets a kick up, and he ties the game. Ties the game. We're going to overtime. Chiefs radio there. So they easily set up a field goal easily with 13 seconds to go. Easily? (laughs) How do you easily do that? Well, remember, I started off the show talking about Derek Carr. Derek Carr's pretty good at that. Derek's good at fourth-quarter comebacks because he has more chances than anybody. Raiders trailing games. He's got an opportunity to come back. He does that, and Derek's really good, really good when he's under pressure to set up a field goal, game-winninger at the end of the half. That's really, I think we'd all agree, is that the best thing Derek Carr does? End of the half, get a field goal. End of the game, get a field goal. I think that's what he does best, and Mahomes was able to do that. And then the touchdown to Kelsey was such a difficult catch. I don't think anybody's talking about this. He had to turn his body, get both feet in bounds to win the game. 36-36 tie in overtime. Chiefs first down and goal to go. Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side. He wants it. A comeback. 
It is caught by Kelsey. Touchdown, Kansas City. One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League. Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey on a push fade comeback. And the Chiefs have won this incredible divisional playoff game in overtime. What a play. What an absolute amazing play. What a catch. I mean, Kelsey's done it all, but at least he was guarded on that play. He wasn't guarded at the end of regulation. You know, he wasn't guarded when they needed that field goal to set up. At least there he was covered, and he had to go make a play. After the game, Andy Reid understood the magnitude of what great of a game that was, and they won. Listen, I mean, we just all were part of a better game, the National Football League, and uh, we were lucky to come out on that that end of it. Uh, guys battled their hearts out, uh, both teams. I was proud of our guys for getting in there for four quarters and, and uh, getting it out. Uh, there were some huge plays made. Listen, I mean, it was, it was a great game. I'm just kind of sorting it all out right now. Yeah, he was just sorting it out right there. He was just sorting it out. I mean, it wasn't even reality. I was sitting on the couch. It wasn't reality. And then for McDermott, what a bad coaching decision he made one after another at the end of this game. Here's some postgame. You know, you move on and you try and get yourself to learn from it. And it stings. It, it, it stings. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It stings. So I put on my Facebook page, if you can go check out JT the Brick on Facebook, I put this out last night about these fans in Buffalo. I was really rooting for Buffalo. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. I, I thought they were going to win the Super Bowl this year. I thought they had the best team in football. I still believe that. They should have won the game with 13 seconds. So I put up this post. Buffalo Bills fans have been through a lot over the years, and this has got to hurt as much as any loss in franchise history. Right behind wide right against the New York Giants in Super Bowl 25, you have to feel for them. And a lot of people are, you know, in that thread there talking about not feeling for them or feeling for them, Western New York fans. One of the things we all have in common as fans is whoever your team is. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. Knicks haven't been relevant since the early 70s. And the Michael Jordan era was a gut punch after gut punch to me. Every time the Knicks were as good, they were as good as the Bulls. They were. They took them to game six and game seven, and it could have went either way, but they couldn't win. And it was a gut punch, and they never got through it. And Buffalo's lost four Super Bowls in a row with Jim Kelly. They've been to championship games that they've won. They've lost dramatic games. Look at the Music City Miracle. The Music City Miracle. And what happened with the Titans? Look at some of Buffalo's games. The greatest comeback, Frank Wright over Warren Moon. So they've had a lot of highs and lows. But yesterday was about as low as it can get. And as a fan base, what do you tie that to? What was that moment for you? Well, Raider fans can go to the tuck rule and the immaculate deception and all that. Everybody has some relevance to what happened with Buffalo. I just thought that Buffalo yesterday, how man, the way they were teased, that their fan, imagine sitting in western New York at the Anchor Bar with a bucket of chicken wings and a cold beer and there's 13 seconds to go and you look at your buddy and you say, I don't believe this. We're going to host the next game. They're going to host Cincinnati. That means a tailgate. That means like a four-day weekend. Everybody in Buffalo takes off on Thursday, gets their tailgate ready. Snow, gorgeous day, and they're out. They were taken right to the edge as a fan base. It's about as hard as it can get. Hard as it can get. Kenny in Kansas City. You're up next. Thanks for calling, Kenny. What do you got? Hey, JT. How you doing today? Doing well. Thanks. Good. Um, well, 
I mean, I feel for the uh, Buffalo Bill fans. I was really pulling for them, and I think they should have won, but they didn't have a good defensive plan. That's kind of sad. Uh, but on the Derek Carr thing, if we keep Derek Carr, we got to get Devontae Adams. That's, that's a must. There's no way we're on it. you got to get somebody he's comfortable with that he knows he can throw to. You know, you get him in there, and then we can we can try to see back going forward. Well, he's we got well, he's got well, Derek Carr has Renfro, a hundred reception guy. Yeah. Darren but Waller, a hundred reception guy. You got to get him another one. They had that guy in Rugs. Never yeah, never right. expected what happened to Rugs. So they got to go yeah. out and get a, a wide receiver. But the the question becomes: Does the new GM want to get a wide mm-hmm. receiver in the first round or wait? And if you're going to wait. You know, you could get the next Brian Edwards, good player. You can get someone decent, but you're not going to get a guy like Tyreek Hill. You're not going to get an elite right. superstar unless you either trade for one or go get one in free agency like Devontae Adams. Yeah, it's, it's a must. we got to get Devontae Adams. He's got to be our number one receiver. You know, and only got a guy who would be close to be the guy from uh, Chicago. I can't remember his name, mm-hmm. but that would be my second choice. But and then they also got to solve that problem on the, on the right side of the line. You know, we got to mm-hmm. solve that problem quick. He can't run around like Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? You're right. You're right about that. Thanks for the call. You know, Derek needs help on the offensive line. The offensive line experiment had its moments. It was a tough spot for Tom Cable to be in because you lose Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson, and then you try to go with younger players. I think the center, Andre James, turned out to be okay. Good player. He had his moments. He had his struggles. And then I, I give a little bit of credit. I have been to Leatherwood. Leatherwood played. He was available. Richie Incognito was never available. Leatherwood was available his entire rookie year. After playing a long, long career of a lot of games at Alabama, he was durable. He was durable and available to play. But they reached on him, and they got to develop him quickly. He's got to be – he's got to, the development pattern safe with Colt Miller. Colt Miller was a high pick, and now he's developed into a – I think a pro bowler, and I think a perennial pro bowler. This should have been that year – but maybe starting next year. And then the Raiders got to go get some veteran offensive linemen. I don't want to hear about a rookie. I don't. I don't want to hear about a rookie offensive lineman unless he's just the best offensive lineman ever to come out. We did this with Robert Gallery, who's a good guy. Robert Gallery is a great guy, and he's around the Raiders now and the alumni often for a reason. He's a really good guy. I don't judge Robert Gallery in life about his few short years with the Raiders, but the Raiders have got to go find a way to get proven veteran, hopefully on the younger side of 30, offensive linemen, and that'll be the philosophy of the GM or not. I don't know what the GM's going to do. When they hire the GM, is the GM going to want to go through the draft? Is he going to want to bring in veterans? Is he going to be a riverboat gambler like they are with the Rams and really trading picks to get proven players? We don't know. Nobody has a clue until that gentleman is introduced at a press conference. 702-365-9200 on a gorgeous Monday here in Vegas as we preview the conference championship games the rest of the week. Passionate Raider in Illinois. Hope you had a good weekend. Go ahead. Man, JT, I had a blast weekend, man, watching some good football for once, man. I mean, man, tell me that wasn't those two. Every game, every game was a, was a nail-biter. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to, and to see that quarterback play this weekend, JT, to see what we're facing. You said it earlier, man. Mahomes, Herbert. Whoever Denver gets, dude, JT, this just really made me think that, and I'm praying on my knees that Mark is going to make the right decision because this is this this ain't nothing to mess around with, man. We got some stiff competition, and I just don't think Derek might be better suited in an NFC team 
than the AFC West. Nothing to knock against the man. Nothing to knock against his heart. Nothing. But some people just don't have that it factor, JT. And watching Allen and Mahomes and even Burrow. Burrow, the kid gets sacked nine times, JT, and he still wins the freaking game. But then you got everybody talking about, well, he didn't throw no touchdown passes. And you got to throw touchdown passes to win in the playoffs. They scored a touchdown. You have to move the ball. The kid got sacked nine times. He still won the game. That's a baller, man. That's what we need over here. Mark's got decisions to make, JT. But I got one more question for you real quick before I got to get back to work. What size Herbert jersey you want, JT? I'm sending you one. My gift to you. Come on, don't, don't tell me, brother. Yeah, I don't want a Herbert jersey. I root against Herbert harder than anybody. Appreciate the call on the radio. I just tell you from day one, Herbert's a great quarterback. He's a great quarterback with tremendous skills, very similar to Josh Allen. And yesterday, I think that Josh Allen took the step ahead of Herbert, might have already been there, as better. I mean, that's a great debate topic. If you're going to debate, who would you rather have? And not this is not a Raider topic. I'm just talking nationally. Who would you rather have today? Joe Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert, or Josh Allen? Because Mahomes is, Mahomes is the GOAT. Mahomes is the GOAT. I mean, after yesterday, 13 seconds, stop. Stop Stop saying that Mahomes isn't the best. He's the best. Who would you want out of the younger quarterbacks? It's a good good question. A lot of people are blown away by the toughness of Burrow. Now, if the Raiders would have played the Titans, which we hope, that would have been a great draw. I mean, the Raiders really had a great draw because they got the five seed, not the seven seed. I thought basically the seven seed was going to be the only thing available for the Raiders Remember, they didn't want the tie because they didn't want to play at Kansas City. So they got a break. They played at Cincinnati, and then the next break would have been great playing at Tennessee. I mean, God, they were so beatable, the Titans. Carr wouldn't have been sacked nine times. Carr would have put up more than three touchdowns total for the team. I really believe that the Raiders could have won in Nashville, but they needed a win in Cincinnati first, and that didn't happen. 702-365-9200 is what brought to you by Five Iron Golf. I was there Saturday hitting balls, eating great food, great drinks. Five Iron Golf is right there inside Area 15. Clark Harris will snap it back to Kevin Huber for the win. The snap, the put down, the swing of the right leg. It's on its way. It is good. Coffin nails. Bam, bam, bam. That is unbelievable. 54 and 52 at the gun. That is unrealism right there. And the Bengals advance to the final four AFC championship game, Dan. Bengal radio, Bengals radio on that as they look good. They, the defense for the Bengals is tough. We know that. Raider Nation saw them twice. So the Bengals are another team now that we look. When we look at what the Raiders are going to have to compete against going forward, look, Baltimore has always been tough. Pittsburgh's always tough. They just are. There are a lot of tough teams in football in the AFC. And as long as I've been doing this, this might be the biggest run that I've seen the AFC on. The AFC just looks loaded, absolutely loaded as we speak. And you know, the Raiders have Kansas City right in front of them, so they really don't have to pay attention to anybody else. You know, I'm sitting here talking to you about Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, some of the other quarterbacks, Josh Allen. 
everybody who listens to the show knows it's Mahomes. You can't do anything in the AFC West unless you go through Kansas City. And you got to defend them better. And how many Raider fans were watching the game yesterday when it got to the end of regulation and went 13 seconds saying, wow, I'm thinking of JT here. JT always says, put a body on Kelsey. At least hit him at the line of scrimmage. And a whole bunch of sharp NFL analysts, that was their big takeaway yesterday. How could Travis Kelsey, with the game on the line, release from the line of scrimmage after Tyreek Hill had a 19-yard game and catch a ball with single coverage with nobody on him to set up the game-tying field goal? How many times have we talked about that in Raider Nation? Why is this guy running free at the line of scrimmage? How could that be possible? And then we see Kelsey behind Jonathan Abram in the back of the end zone catching a touchdown, and we're all shaking our heads going, what just happened? And misdirection. They even ran some misdirection at the end of that game, and we're able to get it done. Now, next hour, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about Aaron Rodgers, which is the elephant in the room, I believe. Aaron Rodgers is great. He's not good. And his legacy took a big hit in Green Bay. Not only did he not win the game, but he was the reason they lost. Aaron Rodgers, who could win another MVP, is the reason that a one seed coming off the bye week lost at home to the Niners. And I don't think there's a path for him to come back to the Packers. There doesn't seem to be a path because the Packers now have the perfect time to go, look, you took up a lot of oxygen in the room. You were, you were a mess to deal with in the offseason. You were immunized. You weren't vaccinated. We lost you for the Kansas City game. You did every interview on every other radio show. We had to pay a fine for you, which really we didn't have to because you dressed up like John Wick at a Halloween co- uh, costume party. Aaron Rodgers took up a lot of oxygen in the room, but he's available. And if he's available, I think the Raiders have to play chess. They have to look at him, not only as a block move for him going to Denver. Now, look, if Aaron Rodgers, and he just wants to slide into Denver because he's been on the phone with John Elway and they think it's a good fit and they're going to get a new coach. As I tweeted out earlier today, and I told you this last week with some knowledge that I had, that Nathaniel Hackett, is the big name. Nathaniel Hackett is the guy you got to keep an eye on. And Tom Pelissero two hours ago tweeted, Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett is set to have his second interview with the Broncos today in Denver per source. And I just retweeted that, and that's the big one. I said, keep an eye on this one. If Nathaniel Hackett goes to Denver, I think it's all but a lock that Aaron Rodgers is going with him. That's the guy he wants to be with. That would give him some comfort and the ability to have someone familiar. It would be the playbook. Did you hear that? It would be the playbook that he has. All of that combined, and it would make for Aaron Rodgers to go to Denver, and then he'd be in the AFC West. Other people are saying, well, Denver, if he goes to the AFC West, it'll be difficult for him not only to make the playoffs, but to win in the playoffs, and that's fair. We're dealing with that here in Las Vegas with the Raiders. I mean, the AFC West is tough. It's not getting easier anytime soon. But the AFC North is tough with Joe Burrow. Cleveland was right there. Baltimore is going to reload. We know that. The AFC East has got Josh Allen and Buffalo. They're not going away anytime soon. So we'll dive into Aaron Rodgers and at least what the national media is talking about and what I'm talking about here. And we'll get your opinion on what you saw next hour. What did you see yesterday that gives you excitement for this Raiders offseason? That's a tough one. 702-365-9200. 
Brought to you by Grimaldi's, the best pizza I've ever had. 